recorded live in Jacksonville, Florida. This is Trivial Warfare. More than just a pub quiz, Trivial Warfare is your gateway to a worldwide trivia community. Join your hosts, Jonathan. Take these broken wings, it's Mr. Mister. Broken wings. Son of a beasting. Chris. I thought it was about a tree falling. I thought I was talking about a person going down. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. Carmella. My vodka is telling me that no, they didn't. And the answer is yes, they were in 1854. You lied to me. Ben. Jonathan was literally, he was literally about to break things. He wasn't kidding. He was about to get it from his desk and destroy something valuable. (laughs) And the rest of the Trivial Warfare Army for another week of fun and games. Now here's your host, Jonathan Oaks. Welcome back to another episode of Trivial Warfare. We are the podcast that takes the pub quiz out of the pub and brings it home to you. My name is Jonathan, and I am here today, or tonight, rather, with Mr. Chris Hollister. Hello, Chris. I was going to start singing Tonight Tonight, but I decided not to. That's a different song. Yeah, I was going to say, what is that? That's... Tonight, tonight. Oh, you were going West Side Story. Yes. Oh, I was going like 80s. You're I was going smashing. Genesis. Oh, I thought. Oh, Genesis, I thought. Yeah, or, cause, yeah I was Phil Collins. Because tonight is night. Anyway, or you could go Smashing Pumpkins. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, anyway. I don't ever go Smashing Pumpkins. Oh, you really should. No, I'm, I'm a Worst big fan concert of Halloween. ever. <laughs> By the really? way. Really? Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. So, hey, uh, David Livesey is with us. Hey, David. Woo-hoo! Hey, how's it going? David, I'm going to ask you about that concert in a second, but I want to tell everybody that also with us today, Mr. Gary Middleton making his Woo-hoo! debut. All right. Thanks for having me. It's been a uh, anxious wait, but it's going to be well worth it. He's like, it's been a long wait, Jonathan. <laughs> Not horrible. Not horrible. <laughs> We're just going to blame Jonathan. It's fun that way. That's fine with me, dude. There you go. No, I have no problem All with right, that. All right. Fair enough. So, uh, Gary... Tell everybody a little bit about yourself. Tell us where you're from, what you do, and tell us, uh, actually, you, tell us uh, how you got into trivia. That sounds good. Uh, first of all, I'm from uh, Illinois, north of Chicago, kind of dead between uh, Chicago and Milwaukee. I, uh, I'm a network physical infrastructure engineer, which means I kind of plan and coordinate buildings, cable, and fiber optic systems for our company. Oh, you're Whoa. a smart techie guy. So, yeah, I wouldn't go that far. Um, but, uh, as far as I got into trivia, that's, that's a great, uh, a great story in my opinion. Anyway, we, uh, uh, me and a bunch of friends back in like junior high school wandered into one of their parents' homes and they were playing a brand new board game called Trivial Pursuit. So that's, (laughs) that's, that's dating me now. Right. But, uh, I, I was captivated ever since I absolutely thought this is the best game. And the, the guy's dad was knowing every single answer there possibly was. And I'm like, I want to be that guy one day that this is cool. So I've always, uh, always kind of loved trivia, probably a little bit before that, but that really kickstarted things a little bit. You know, what's funny is the way that, that, that example started, I could have sworn it sounded just like how I was introduced to a certain kind of video. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. We're just going to stop that story right there, Jonathan. So, uh, David. What up? A frequent guest. One of my favorite people. You're literally one of my favorite people. Agreed. Did you know that? Absolutely. You're a great guy. 
Thank you. I Jonathan talks about you quite a bit, just FYI. Hey, 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 that, those, those are personal conversations. And true. Shh. Okay. Anyway. Uh, so, David. Hi, David. Uh, the worst. <laughs> wait a second. The worst concert you've ever been to was Smashing Pumpkins? Inquiring oh minds so want to know. Oh, my God. It was terrible. So, um, I was this past year, uh, I got tickets to go to Smashing Pumpkins from work. And it is off. It was pretty much coming off of my Paul Simon concert, which I absolutely thought was amazing. And so we go and literally the entire time it's Billy Corgan, like having pictures of him as if he were some black sheep of his family. And he's, you know, super he's kind of old. Right. So he's kind of weird looking. He kind of looks like Hellraiser with <laughs> pins. Holy crap. You're right. <laughs> so that's um, amazing the corgan (laughs) pretty much so he's playing all of his songs and you know um most people only really know like a handful from the 90s right they don't really know that many and then he's got all that music that he did before afterwards and the but the 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 concert i i i beat me if you want i you not (laughs) was at least four hours wow he had an insanely long set list, and I don't know why, because no one really cared. Oh, wow. I'm guessing not many people were into the concert if you said it so like weird. that. Poor little Billy Corgan. Poor little Billy. All right. Yeah, well, so that was my um, really terrible concert. Sorry, wow. it was just not a great concert. It's all right. Hey, so remind everybody where you're from and what you do. I, uh, I live in Austin, Texas, and I am a reservoir engineer for an oil company. Do, wow. Two smart people. I, uh, yeah, man, I'm telling you what. Yeah. It makes me playing with spread, uh, Excel spreadsheets really look like I don't know what the crap I'm doing, and that's probably because it's very true. Yeah, I was about to say, sometimes you don't know what the crap I don't know what the heck I'm doing. That's true. That was proven this week a few times. Oh, Chris. I didn't mean to bring it down You're like gonna that. You're going to make me sad. Oh, whatever. All right. Hey, guys. Yes? I think it's time for Warm It Up, Chris. It's time to warm it up. A trivial warfare today. And there's only one person who can warm it up for the TWA, and that's Chris, and sometimes Jonathan. It is time to warm it up, Chris, and this warm it up, Chris, is by our f- uh, one of our favorites, Don Henley. He, uh, he's one of the boys of summer. That's true. It is the end of the innocence. But Don uh, sent me an email, and uh, he said, hey, Chris, here's a potential warm it up, Chris question for you. Every grocery chain has its own clone of Dr. Pepper, and almost every TV show has a doctor. Can you tell the difference? So is this a Dr. Pepper knockoff or a doctor from a TV show? <laughs> and so you don't, it, to, you, you don't have to tell me the TV show unless you know it. I just want to know if it's TV show doctor or Dr. Pepper knockoff. All right. All right. All right, Gary, how would you like to go first? Absolutely. All right. Dr. Best. I'll go second. um dr best dr best i i would see that somebody would name a knockoff beverage that so we'll go for the beverage you're absolutely correct he said uh don said it's sold at the century foods in wisconsin wisconsin so well done five minutes away all right david dr buzz 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 Buzz? a buzz buzz a buzz buzz it's not, I mean, I don't know. I would imagine that, I mean, there's Dr. Okay, Dr. Pib could be similar to that. I don't know. I would guess, I would guess, let's go, let's go Dr. Pepper knockoff. 
It is a Dr. Pepper knockoff. Nice job. You can find it at Save On Foods in Canada, eh? All right. Mr. Oaks. Yes. You get Dr. Clock. That's that's TV, baby. All right. Dr. Clock was played by uh, Heather Graham in nine episodes of Scrubs. The name was Molly Clock. Well done. Ah, Mrs. Clock. All right. No, Dr. Clock. Dr. Clock. She has her fake MD license. I got. Yeah, uh, she should be in that degree. commercial. That's right. All right. So, Gary... You get Dr. Honeydew. Dr. Honeydew. I'm guessing that's Dr. Bunsen Honeydew from the Muppets. So let's say that's TV. And you are 100% correct, sir. Dr. Bunsen Honeydew played by Dave Gozell. I am Dr. Bunsen Honeydew. All right. Nice job, Gary. David. Yes. Dr. Kinder. Dr. Kinder? Dr. Kinder. K-I-N-D-E-R. Kinder eggs, and that's a food. So let's go with that. Dr. Kinder, I would guess Dr. Pepper knockoff. Oh, I'm terribly sorry. It is a TV doctor, Dr. Jonathan Kinder, played by Michael Sabatino in 13 episodes of All My Children. Come on, David. You should have known that. All right, Mr. Oaks. More of a guiding light guy. Yo, yo. (laughs) I like Days of Our Lives. Thank you very much. All right, Jonathan, you get Dr. Kroger. (laughs) I mean,. (laughs) <laughs> that's messed up because, <laughs> because as a kid we shopped at Kroger and I don't remember them having I remember them be no that's oh and Dixie is Dr. Thunder uh, no I believe that's Walmart is Dr. Walmart's Thunder. Dr. Thunder no 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 it's a Dr. TV Dr. 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 Kroger Dr. Kroger is TV because Kroger's Dr. Pepper is Dr. K Dr. K, interesting. Well, you're 100% correct. Yes! It's TV Doctor. Uh, He was played by Stanley Kamel and 43 episodes of the TV show Monk. Good job, David. Man, I'm proud of myself because that was a trick. Well done, David. It's a trap. It's a trap. (laughs) All right, Gary, you get Dr. Lin. Dr. Lin spelled how? L-Y-N-N. All right, I can't see any logic in that being a beverage so let's go with a tv character nope dr pepper knockoff sold at ingles in the southern united states even though i've never heard of ingles before jonathan have you yes oh jonathan has heard it he's just away from the microphone right now he'll be back in just a moment Uh, yes all right david you get dr nut (laughs) does he (laughs) i don't know it's up to him dr nut um, I'm going to guess a Dr. Pepper knockoff. It is a Dr. Pepper knockoff. Not Nice job. Dr. Nut could be yeah. found in New Orleans, Louisiana as early as 1962 and has been reported as having been seen in New Mexico as late as the 1980s. That's a lot of detail, Don. I'm impressed. All right. <laughs> Don's the inventor of Dr. Nut. <laughs> wow. Might be. I don't know. We'll have to ask him. All right, Jonathan. Dr. Perky. TV show. Nope, Dr. Pepper knockoff. It was sold at Food Lion. Food Lion. All right, Gary, you get Dr. Skipper. Dr. Skipper. Oh, that's, this is a great category. I love this. Uh, (laughs) It could go so either way. Dr. Skipper is a fun name for a drink, so I'm going for the drink. Well done. Yes, it's found in Safeway stores. Great job. All right, David. Yes, sir. Dr. Spaceman. Uh, that sounds like a character off a TV show that I probably should know. 
You're 100% correct. Dr. Leo Spaceman was played by Chris Parnell in 24 episodes of 30 Rock. Dr. Yeah. Beard Fassay. Jonathan. Nice. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, Jonathan, you get uh, Dr. Beardface. No, uh, doc- Snoop Doctor. Yes. <laughs> Snoop Dogg intern. Oh, my gosh. Scrubs had some great names. All right. Jonathan, you get Dr. Sweets. TV show. TV show is correct. Dr. Lance Sweets was played by John Francis Daly in 140 episodes of the TV show Bones. Man, 140 episodes. Holy yep. moly. All right. Here is your last uh, round of doctor questions. Gary. Dr. Tex. Dr. Tex. Uh, T-E-X, not text, but Tex. Dr. Tex. Um, I don't have a good feel on this at all, so I'll go game theory. Since most of mine have ended up being beverages, I'm going TV doctor. I think it's a beverage. David, would you like to tell him? Oh, no. I'm guessing <laughs> it's a drink. It is a drink found in, guess where? Texas. That's correct. All right, nice try, Gary. Did All it right. say where in Texas? It, he did not. As much detail as the other ones had, he did not have much, anything on that one. We don't know, but I've, it does come in a 10-gallon bottle. Oh, oh very nice. Everything's bigger in Texas. Yes, I see what The Rock <laughs> is cooking on that one. All right. You see what The Rock is cooking? Really? We're in his kitchen? David, <laughs> you get Dr. Winkle. Dr. Winkle? <laughs> you gave him Dr. Nut and Dr. Winkle. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't Dr. Winkle come before Dr. Nut? <laughs> what? <laughs> okay, all this will be found in the this back is, part of the episode. This is just getting weird. This is the perfect level of innuendo that is also nonsense. Are you kidding oh, me? <laughs> I'm going to guess Dr. Winkle is a drink. Dr. Winkle was played by Sarah Gilbert in nine episodes of The Big Bang Theory. That was a TV doctor. Oh. I'm sorry. Oh, Think about it. Yes. There's absolutely no way you're drinking a drink called Dr. Winkle. <laughs> Mom, can you pick me up Dr. some Dr. Dr. Winkle? Oh, I'd buy it by the case. What not, do you mean? Not <laughs> happening. Jonathan, your very last one is Dr. Topper. Drink. It is a drink Woo-hoo! sold in Texas yeah. supermarkets under the Rocky Top brand as well as the Dollar General stores un- um, under the Clover Valley brand. That's a lot of detail. And thank you, Don Henley. That is your warm it up, Chris, question of the episode. Great job, Don. Thanks so much, bro. So, guys, this, is a, this isn't an exclusive. This is on the main feed today. So, Jonathan, you have to watch your mouth. <laughs> yeah, well, no, not really. Um, <laughs> but I say that because some of you who are listening are like, hey – why am I not getting all of my episodes of Trivial Warfare? I feel like I'm kind of missing out. And I got to be honest with you guys, you, you are kind of missing out. So we are still doing an episode every week, but now half of those episodes are found on Patreon. They are exclusive for lieutenants and above in the Trivial Warfare Army. If you go over to TrivialWarfareArmy.com and sign up as a lieutenant, you will get access to our entire historical archive of shows, plus you will never miss a weekly episode of Trivial Warfare. So head over to TrivialWarfareArmy.com and check that out. All right, guys. Today's game, it's going to be Mr. Hollister and Mr. Livesey versus Mr. Middleton. It is Gary versus David and Chris, and it is time to play the game players oh yeah y'all know what time it is this is mr literature himself cordially inviting you to the game 
This is six rounds of trivia goodness. Three questions per round. Every right answer gets you 10 points. In the middle, we'll take a pause for the cause and ask a midpoint question worth up to 20 juicy points. After round six, you can wager any or all those points you've been building up and take a shot at the final round. It's a series of theme-based questions we call the gauntlet. It's just that easy, baby. But this game ain't gonna play itself, players. Let's get it on. All right, so I I have a confession to make. Uh, we scheduled this game like two days in advance. Like Usher confession. And Jonathan said, hey, I'll write the questions because we got to get a show out. Right. 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 And so I wrote the questions and I realized as I pulled them up a minute ago. You forgot to write a gauntlet. No, no. Okay. I forgot to reorder them. Oh, dear. So these are not in any. These are writ, These are going to be asked in the order that I wrote them. Not necessarily. So categories might get lumped together. Uh, things that are similar or relating to each other might you might find a theme in there, not intentionally, but because I didn't take the time to to push them in different places. Okie dokie. And then. I have no way to tell you whether or not the first round is harder than the second round or vice versa because it's just how they came to me. David, I'm afraid. Nice. I'm All so right. afraid. So, with that being said, round one, question one, your category is names the same. This question was inspired by Talina Sinclair. Thank you, Talina. Question is, what first name is shared by the actor who plays Newt's commander, as well as the fantastic beast found on the TV show, Frasier? David, I can lock this in if you want me to. David said yes. Okay. He forgot sure, that people... Sorry, pe- no, I, I trust you. Okay. <laughs> David forgot that people can't hear his hands. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> Jonathan, uh, David and I are locked yeah, if in. If he claps, they can. All right, Gary, you can actually talk it out. They're locked in. All right. I, I wish I had something good to talk out here. I uh, I don't know who the first reference is. In the show Frasier, you said it was a character called what? No, I said as well as the Fantastic Beast found on the TV show Frasier. Fantastic Beast. I am not getting that. I watched Frasier, so I don't I don't know if I'm missing something there or just something I'm not familiar with, but. Uh, Let's just say David Hyde Pierce, I suppose, as an actor on Frasier. Okay. Chris, what did you lock in with? All right. Uh, you're talking about the actor Eddie Redbane, and you're talking about the dog Eddie on Frasier. So I rocked in with Eddie. You rocked in, did you? I lo- well, I thought I said locked in, but I guess I rocked in. I rocked! Wow. <laughs> Don't ever do that again. <laughs> Where's the mute button? Yeah, no, so Gary, Chris parsed it out. Newt's Commander is the main character on Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, played by Eddie Redmayne. And the Fantastic Beast I was referencing on Frasier was the dog, the only beast of on the course. show. And the dog's name was Eddie. Ten of points course. for Chris. That's my partner. You're my partner. All right, question two. Categories road trip. <laughs> I like that. All right. What is the name of the well-known highway that stretches from Chicago to Los Angeles and was nicknamed the Mother Road by John Steinbeck in The Grapes of Wrath? All right. I think I can lock in. All right. You have it written down and circled? I have it partially written down and circled. Now I do. Wonderful. David, what are you thinking, my friend? Get your kicks on Route 66. And I'm thinking the exact same thing. So lock that Puppy in. 
What do you have against puppies? I like puppies. Why I would one. you lock one in? Well, I'm just locking him in, make sure he's safe and sound. Or know. she is safe what and sound. What if they need to go to the bathroom? Well, then just do what mine does and just pee anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I think we know why the dog that Chris has pees anywhere. He keeps locking him in. Terrible. All right. Gary, what were you thinking? Well, I was thinking I took a two-person driving trip from Chicago to Las Vegas many, many years ago. And we traveled along the old Route 66 as I sang that horrible song a good share of the way. So I have to say Route 66. Everybody is correct. The right answer is Route 66. I always liked that song. Man, I know. I was a terrible it, song. It, it, it got worse as it happened for 30 hours of driving. <laughs> how, much, how much alcohol was consumed while you were drinking? While driving, while you were driving, <laughs> well, I hope none. No, he wasn't driving. He was riding. He was riding. All right, <laughs> I'm assuming. You you don't need alcohol after 30 hours of driving. You're pretty punch drunk after a while. There, that's a valid mm, point. Fair enough. All right, round one, question three. Your category is slogans. Semper fidelis, meaning always faithful, is the well-known motto of the U.S. Marine Corps. What is the meaning of semper paratus? the less well-known motto of the U.S. Coast Guard. And Paratus is P-A-R-A-T-U-S. And a shout-out to John Liu, who I was hanging out with uh, walking around in Santa Monica when I was just in Los Angeles. We ran across a military monument, and it had the different slogans of each of the different uh, armed forces, which is what brought this question to me. Very cool. Yep. I, uh, I'm going to lock in. David, any ideas? Yeah. So the Navy is, I know, Semper Fortis, which is always faithful. The Air Force is, I think that's just Semper Fi, which or might be, but I don't know, might not be. But I think the one for the Coast Guard is Semper, Semper Paratus, which I think is always ready. Always ready. Okay, because I put always vigilant, but I had no thunder around it whatsoever. So if you think always ready is it, I'm good with it. Are you going to lock in with that? I'm fairly confident now it's ready. All right. I like it. We're locking in with always ready. What's funny is David said always, he, he said the Navy was always faithful, which is the Marines. Right. And then he said the Air Force is Semper Fi, which is also the Marines. Am I getting them all mixed up? You got Jesus. all, you got three of the ones you said were all the same one. Oh, crap. <laughs> it's amazing. Ignore me. Oh, boy. Obviously, no, I don't want to ignore you. We already <laughs> locked in. All right, Gary. Ah! Gary, what are you uh, thinking? You know, hadn't heard this, didn't know it. I tried to break apart the uh, the phrasing. The Semper part must uh, certainly be the always. And Paratus, I thought para, for some reason, was a form of like standing or able. And that led me to ready. So strangely, we ended up with the same answer, always ready. Wow. Yeah. Correct answer is always ready nice job david i am really impressed gary if you just logic your way into that from the word and not from knowledge that is like wow you you wouldn't believe how shocked i was when i heard david say always ready because i just kind (laughs) of was rambling around and i was not ready but apparently it worked out so you said semper fortis is not the navy you no. you said you said the navy was semper fortis which means always faithful and always faithful is Semper Fi, Semper Fidelis. Oh, always strong. Sorry, Fortis is strong. Yes, Sorry. yes, yes. 
All yeah. right. Well, Emperor Palpatine thinks that was impressive. Most impressive. Chris and David swept the round. They have 30. Gary has 20. It is now 30 to 20 with Chris and David in the lead. Thanks to Eddie. All right, everybody. That is the end of the first round. Before we go on to the second round, I want to let you know that today's show is sponsored by Green Chef. If you've been listening for a while, you know by now that I freaking love Green Chef. I'm not even kidding. Uh, So what is it? Green Chef is a USDA certified organic company that includes everything you need to easily cook delicious meals that you can feel good about. So that's the blurb, right? What does it mean? Well, I'll tell you what it means. Green Chef is is a meal box service, right? And they send you a box with multiple meals. Then they give you everything you need. And it's all measured out. And it's all easy. And uh, so they send all kinds of organic ingredients. And uh, they use the word imaginative, right? Imaginative new recipes. So I'm like, okay, what does that mean? Well, for me, I could never imagine eating like a vegan mac and cheese. That sounds totally weird to me, right? Think about that. Now, vegan, because Green Chef makes it super easy to maintain any kind of special diet you have with great options, new things, right? And so I'm trying this vegan mac and cheese. And uh, what it is, you had the elbow pasta and you had broccoli. And it's all mixed up with butternut squash, which, by the way, butternut squash is amazing. Uh, And there's some garlic and a cheesy cashew cream. So there's all kinds of flavors in here. It's all made out. And it's topped with some breadcrumbs. And it's uh, baked up. And let me tell you guys, so I'm eating this and I'm like, now, wait a minute. This is freaking delicious. It's delicious. And it's vegan. And I had no idea. I had no idea that you could make vegan food taste like that. But Green Chef knows how to do it. They have expert chefs. So they're giving you these kind of gourmet flavors, right? That uh, if you go to fancy restaurants, you expect, but you don't expect to be able to do that when you're cooking yourself. And that's what they help you to do. Because, you know, Green Chef... The way they focus is that dinner should be planned around you, right? It's your life. It's not you live to cook your dinner. Your dinner is there to serve you. And so they make it easy. They make it convenient. And let me tell you something. They make it pretty awesome. So here's the scoop. You have meal plans like paleo, vegan, vegetarian, keto. They have gluten-free. And then they have the omnivore and the carnivore, which I typically fall into. But Lord knows, I didn't realize that they could make vegan food taste that good. Uh, I might try more of that. You know what I mean? And if you want to try it yourself, you can get $50 off your first box of Green Chef. Just go to greenchef.us forward slash TWA. That's right. You can get $50 off your first box of Green Chef by going to greenchef.us forward slash TWA. All right, let's get the second round started. Round two, question one. Your category is science. 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 20% of all mammal species belong to the order Chiroptera making it the second largest order of mammals after rodentia. With descriptions like mouse-eared, Mexican free-tailed, and hoary, what is the better-known name for animals belonging to the order Chiroptera? David, if you know this, you can lock it in because I got no freaking clue. Yeah, I can lock it in. All right. Gary wants to talk about it. He can talk about it. 
Ooh. Good one. Not any idea. So I guess I have to try to break Chiroptera down. And Cairo, as in chiropractor, I'm guessing means bones, which doesn't really narrow things down too well from a uh, from a mammal standpoint. I don't think. Let's see. You said the animals. The examples are mouse-eared, Mexican something. What Mexican, were they? I'm sorry. Mexican free-tailed, and hoary, H-O-A-R-Y. As in, um, as in Robert, basketball player for the Lakers? Uh, no, that's H-O-R-R-Y. Ah, uh, gotcha, okay. And I couldn't get that out of my head either. Rats, I hate to bail on something like this. Certainly I'll come up with some sort of answer. The other one was rodentia, you said, which is rodent, I- I'm sure. So what other mammals is there a lot of? We'll attack it from that angle. Tailed, something with tails. You know, just to to save time when I don't think I'm getting any closer to this, I will say uh, cats, some form of cats. Okay. Uh, David and Chris. Okay, so right outside San Antonio is the Bracken Cave, which is actually the largest colony of um, of the Mexican free-tailed bat. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I've um, been there okay. a couple times, and you basically we saw all these bats come swirling out of the cave. It was super neat, and apparently they're guano. They leave a guano trail or guano on the bottom of the cave. It's like a mile deep. Whoa, whoa, that's a lot. Yeah, of pretty insane. yeah they're in <laughs> deep, uh, deep. <laughs> well, that's a better joke. That was well done. I wish I'd have made that joke. Uh, okay, so Gary said cats, and David said bats. Twenty percent of all mammal species are in fact. Bats. Nice, David. Well done. Yeah. Wow. So the if breaking down the word, the terra, the P T E R A is like the pterodon or the pterodactyl, uh, with Yo. the wings, like the wing fingered pterodactyl. So the wings yeah, I, was the clue there. I broke down the wrong half, didn't I? <laughs> Great job, David. Thank you. Yeah, that's good. Round two, question two. Category is business. And business are good. What tech CEO became the first openly gay CEO of a Fortune 500 company when he came out in a 2014 column he wrote in Bloomberg Business Week? Boy, I've uh, locked in, I suppose. All right, Chris and David. All right, David, I wrote down uh, Tim Cook for Apple. Tim Cook for Apple, not to be confused with the guy who was once a general. That's correct, yes, because I, as soon as Jonathan <laughs> said Tim Cook was a general, I was like, holy crap, we got <laughs> Apple money. <laughs> so are you good with that? I am 100% good with Tim Cook. All right, we locked in with Tim Cook, man. <laughs> All right, Gary? All right, I uh, didn't know this, and I wasn't going to guess it, so I just uh, went to Allen and hoped I would get a lucky Allen. Gotcha. The correct answer is Tim Cook from Apple. Well done, gentlemen. Round two, question three. Your category is folklore. Folklore. What is the name of the tourist boat that takes its name from a how? Oh, I'm going to try. I'm going to pull a Chris here. Oh, this will be fun. Haunted. Haughty toddy. What the trot takes its name from a. Haudenosaunee myth. Haudenosaunee 
myth of a bereaved young widow who is rescued by Hino, the god of thunder, when she tries to ride her canoe over Niagara Falls. I'll read the whole thing again. What is the name of the tourist boat that takes its name from a hodonous from <laughs> I going to do that again. What is the name of the tourist boat that takes its name from a Haudenosaunee myth of a bereaved young widow who is rescued by Hino, the god of thunder, when she tries to ride her canoe over Niagara Falls? I'll lock in now. All right, Chris and David. David, I got no freaking clue. Yeah, I feel like I just spoke with somebody about the tourist boats on Niagara Falls, but really? I have zero idea. I've never been to Niagara Falls before. I've never heard of this. I'm, yeah, I it's I don't even think once I hear the name, it's going to be even remotely in the recesses of my brain. Same here. I feel. So, I mean, I like a lot of folklore stuff, but this is not something that I know much about. Yeah. So. Should we just say Bodie McBoatface? I like it. Bodie McBoatface locked in. Bodie McBoatface locked in. All right. Gary, can you catch up with this one? Well, I certainly hope I can. I don't know for a fact, but uh, when you started reading that, I was panicking, saying there is no way in the world. And then when you said Niagara Falls, I realized that the the, uh, tourist boat there, at least one of them, is called the Maid of the Mist. Um, So that's what I locked in with. The correct answer to this question is the Maid of the Mist. Gary, great all right, job. All right. Nice job. Yes. I don't know if you see what's in my hand, David, but it is the jar of nothing. Ah. Yes. Because Jonathan so can't afford guess. a bag of nothing, but he can afford a Nobody jar of nothing. Nobody makes a bag of nothing. <laughs> they make a jar. It has nothing. It's a jar of nothing. So are we saying Bodie McBoatface was wrong? <laughs> <laughs> Well done, Gary. In parentheses, in parentheses on the side of the boat. All right. After the second round, it is 50 to 30. 50 to 30. David and Chris maintain a lead. Round three, question one. Categories literature. After being captured by Germans at the Battle of the Bulge, what postmodern American author survived the Allied firebombing of Dresden? By hiding in the meat locker of a slaughterhouse where he was being held captive. David, I got an idea. I like ideas. I am locking in, I suppose. All right, David and Chris. All right, David, I think you put a couple clues in it. Um, And so I wrote down Kurt Vonnegut. Yep, I heard Slaughterhouse and thought Slaughterhouse 5. And then the firebombing, and I thought uh, Fahrenheit 451. Mm -hmm. So... we locked up. That's Kurt Vonnegut. Why do I think 451 was Ray Bradbury? No, I think you're right. I think it is Ray Bradbury now that you mention it. But I still think it's Kurt Vonnegut is the answer. I agree. Slaughterhouse-Five makes me yep. think Kurt Vonnegut for sure. Yep. Okay, I might have just been re- rereading too much and to Jonathan leaving a bunch of clues in there. So why don't you go ahead and lock that in? All right. Uh, we're locking with Kurt Vonnegut. All right, Gary. All right. Well, um... I like Vonnegut better than uh, than what I put, because if you look at my Learned League uh, literature numbers, you'll see a percent sign with a single-digit number in front of it. <laughs> Zoinks! Uh, not my favorite category, not my favorite color being brown in Trivial Pursuit. That's um, not good, Scoob! So um, I, I tried to think of an author that I thought might have been 
in at least that time frame and came up with F. Scott Fitzgerald um, a week uh, week effort. But let's see if we get lucky. All right. Well, I can tell you that Fahrenheit 451 was written by Ray Bradbury. Yeah. Uh, Slaughterhouse Five was written by Kurt Vonnegut. This author is named Kurt Vonnegut. Yes. <laughs> so. Uh, and it is Kurt Vonnegut. Uh, it's interchangeable. Some people call him Kurt Vonnegut. Uh, some people call him Kurt Vonnegut Jr. Same dude. Got it. At least when you're talking about the author, it's the same dude. Nice. Junior. It's got the same name as what you guys answered. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Round three, question two, category is sports. Sport ball. Oh, what second generation NBA player? recently broke Steph Curry's single-game record for three-pointers made in a game with 14. Do you want me to repeat? Um, I'm locking in. I'll take that as a no. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Chris and David. Oh, okay. So, David, how much do you know about sport ball? Uh, sport ball is one of my weakest categories on the entire planet, as most of us know. True. Um, but I will say that uh, the trivia that I do at Pluckers, which is in Austin, a, a wing bar, they ask a lot of – they have a whole sports round, so I pick up random stuff. So I know that Steph Curry is a Golden State Warrior. Know that. Okay. also know that they, they ask a question – they ask this question, and I think the guy's first name is Clay. I don't know his last name. His name is Clay Thompson. He also plays for the Golden State Warriors. Look at He's that. his teammate. So we're locking in with Clay Thompson. Gary, what are you thinking? I'm thinking that you picked a sport that I know very little about, being basketball. So I, I was trying to go through second-generation players, Del Harris had a son who played, I think. Isaiah Thomas had a son who plays. Did think I heard this before. Um, couldn't come up with it. And uh, didn't think it was Isaiah Thomas, but that's the direction I ended up settling on. So, Isaiah. All or right. Thomas. I'm sorry. Just Thomas, just in case. This happened just last week. Yep. And last week when it happened, the person who did it was teammate clay thompson yes nice. well done gentlemen to, to be nice fair job. i would have said thomas oh, okay I remember so and i you knew. and i think the other isaiah thomas that's playing the game is actually not related to the isaiah thomas that we know of i think he's not as well yeah he I'm just happens sure to have the same name they just have that's funny name. i've always just kind of assumed that that's yeah. uh interesting yeah yeah is isaiah well, I, thomas a piston uh, the original, the original. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the other one has moved around quite a bit, and I believe he is a. I don't know. I, I don't know where he is. Yeah, now. I was gonna. I thought I knew, and then it left, and I was like, "Yeah, let's let's move <laughs> Abort. on." Abort. Yes, exactly. All right, round three, question three. Your categories: podcasts, podcasting. With over one thousand episodes, what actor and stand-up comedian's experience? has become one of the most popular podcasts in the world. Gosh, this sounds familiar. Well, I mean, it is one of the most popular podcasts in the world. Yeah. <laughs> True story. <laughs> I stick to trivia podcasts. David, I'm pretty sure I got the answer, by the way. Sweet. Oh, this is rough. I've had a lot of them. I've had to just basically tap out on. I hate doing that. You can get it. I believe in you, Gary. You can do it. 
let's see. <clears throat> you guys have not locked in, so I better not say anything out loud, although I don't think I'd say anything that would help you. <laughs> so so that's good. I trust yeah. if you want to lock in. I, I don't know the answer, so. All right. Uh, I'll go ahead and lock in. Then, and the, uh, Gary, so if you ha- want to throw a few thoughts out, maybe that'll help. Go for it. Yeah, well, I think the key word, the experience, I think that's part of the title. It's the blah, blah, blah's experience or something to that effect. Oh, he's an actor and a stand-up comedian. And I think you said he. Was he a part of that question? I said... What actor and stand-up comedian has become oh. one of the most popular podcasts in the world? Yeah, no, I didn't say he anywhere the in there. Actor. I did say yeah. actor and stand-up comedian. Yeah. Brilliant. Podcast. A comedian. I, I keep coming back to Seinfeld. I know he did something with drinking car, drinking coffee with celebrities or some silly thing like that that I didn't pay attention to. I don't think it's going to be him but he's at least doing something in the media scott rigowski comes to mind i know he does some sort of comedy shows or bits as well but i don't know if i'd call him an actor i'm not sure if he's ever really acted in anything significant anyway uh who else could possibly fit that bill bill no it's not bill cosby he's occupied yeah some dark humor um, right there <laughs> <laughs> you know let me just go with a stand-up comedian i know little about because i really don't have faith it's going to be seinfeld um i know there's a guy named dane cook why not i'll lock in with cook all right Chris, you locked in. I did. Um, I believe it's also, you can add another title to him, which is MMA commentator, and I put Joe Rogan down. I love how you spelled Rogan. I know. At least spelling doesn't count on this podcast. I, I had to look over there. I'm like, what in the hell did Chris <laughs> write? He said Rogan, R-O-G-G-E-N. No, that's Rogan. an A. That's it, an A. Oh, yeah. Well, that's an Rogan a. is R-O-G-A-N. Okay. And the Joe Rogan experience is the show you were looking for. The right answer is Joe Rogan. All right. The host of Fear Factor, previous actor on news radio and stand-up comic. Yeah. And every, and every uh, UFC he does the, uh, uh, he does commentating for him. That was a big swing round. So Chris and David, you guys are actually killing this quiz right now. Uh, You have 80 points and Gary has 30 points. It is 80 to 30. And we're going into the midpoint. The midpoint category is, I was told there would be no math. No! Yes. Wait. I hope that means there will be no math. <laughs> Don't get too excited, David. It's going to be one of those things where I have to know, like, I know, it's going to be like, what is the population of Jacksonville added to, yeah. <laughs> I would I'd take that in a heartbeat. <laughs> All right. So for today's midpoint, I'm going to give you four facts about four different famous people in math history. And I want you to name the person. There's four famous people in math history. You take that back, you Luddite. There are tons. Excuse you. Right. All right. Here we go. Just saying. I'm going to read these in the first person. You know, if you add the first person and the second person together, you end up with the third person. Mm, that's true. At least that's what he told me. 
<laughs> I just made that joke up on the spot, and that was terrible. David oh, that liked was so it. Good. David liked it. <laughs> that was so good. <laughs> I, I I didn't know where I was going with it until the end. I was like, hey, hey I know what I can and do with this. It came full circle. It was so good. Sorry. See, and he's that's not even a pity laugh. That's an actual belly I'm laugh. So, I'm proud, man. Yeah. I'm proud. He's genuinely <laughs> laughing at you or Sorry. with you. Fantastic. Oh. All right. Here we go. First person. Uh, number one. I invented geometry in the third century BC. Number two. I may be Lord Byron's daughter, but I'm famous in my own right, as many consider me the first computer programmer. Number three. Russell Crowe played me in a movie. You should consider using game theory to figure out my name. And number four. I'm best known for my work on probability theory in the 17th century. Try not to break a sweat while trying to figure it out. David, if you know him, you can go and lock him in. Yes. Because I, I am struggling. Oh, that helps. That makes me feel a little bit better that I'm not the only one struggling. I think David knows he's pretty well, probably. I know the third one <laughs> because of the beautiful mind part of it. He hasn't locked in. I locked well, in. I, oh, you're talking. Well, about no, this. I was just refer- I was just saying part of your question though. I never gave the name of a movie. Yeah, you did. No, I didn't. Oh well, crap. <laughs> Thought you gave the movie. <laughs> I didn't. Oh well. Uh, David, did you lock in? I'm locked in. All right, Gary, you can talk it out. All right. And I, Chris uh, gave you an added clue for number three. Yeah, sadly, you have to point I that out. Don't uh, don't watch movies like hardly at all, and I haven't seen a movie since Titanic, and I mean the event, not the actual movie. <laughs> so, rim shot, please. <laughs> Thank you. So, that so that's good. not going to help me very much. Let me uh, sit here comatose for a minute here and see if I can come up with some of the clues that are sprinkled in here. Um. Namaste. Oh, Chris is jostling the jar of nothing for you, Gary. Yes, I have a giant velvet red Santa pack-sized bag of nothing. So wow. That is a big pack. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I get this messed up between a couple people all the time when I hear the inventor of geometry, and I always am mad because I repeatedly miss it the same way. Uh, I know there's something called Euclidean geography, so I lean toward Euclid, and I think every time I do that and every time I'm wrong. But since I can't think of the other name, I'm saying Euclid for number one. Uh, The first programmer, I've certainly heard of this, but I don't know that I'm going to be able to dig it out. Gosh. Uh, they say to go with whatever's in your head. For some dumb reason, the name Winter comes to mind, so I'm going Winter. The the Russell Crowe game theory whole clue just ain't doing it for me. Uh, sorry. That's uh, going to be as basic as Lucky Johnson. And probability theory, 17th century, don't break a sweat. Oh gosh, that means something, but what? Can you read that fourth that fourth one more time? I'm best known for my work on probability theory in the seventeenth century. Try not to break a sweat while trying to figure out my name. I feel like it's gotta be some form of 
exercise or something like that, whether it's run or walk, walker, walker, you wouldn't break a sweat walking. I probably would, but uh, it's, it's certainly on the list of possible wild guesses that could fit. Sure. Yeah. I'll, I'll lock in with Walker. So my four are Euclid, Winter, Johnson, and Walker. All right, Mr. Livesey, what are you thinking? Okay, so Father Geometry, um, Euclid, so good job, Gary. <laughs> Assuming that's right, obviously. But. You don't know the relief. <laughs> either, either that so, or David makes the same mistakes you do. Or I make the same mistakes, right? So Euclidean Geometry. Uh, the daughter of Lord Byron is Ada Lovelace. Then you've got the uh, father of game theory, which is John Nash. I didn't really watch the movie, but I'm pretty sure it's John Nash. And then I actually had a tougher time with the fourth one because I was between Pascal and Fermat because you have Fermat's Last Theorem and you've got Pascal in general. And then Break a Sweat made me think uh, both are 17th century mathematicians. So I thought Pascal, when he said don't break a sweat, Pascal's first name is Blaze, which is like a fire. So I assumed maybe that's what it was. So I went with Blaise Pascal. That's my partner. All right. Well, interestingly, David gave first and last names for all of his answers. It's going to be interesting to see if that bites him in the rear end. Okay. Uh, uh, the first answer, the uh, the inventor of geometry is, in fact, Euclid. Gary, you try and talk yourself out of it, but Euclid is correct. Yeah. I, I, now I have to remember what the typical wrong answer I guess give for that. So. <laughs> The second one is Ada Lovelace. That was correct. The third one is John Nash. And the fourth, he did pick up the clue that I was dropping. Blaze is hot. Blaze Pascal. <laughs> and he did get all of the first yeah. and last names right. <laughs> wow. Nice that, job. That was a tour de force there, David. Nice. If wow. I'd have known David was going to do so well with my quiz, I would have put him on an island. <laughs> <laughs> I warned you. <laughs> uh, all right, the after street. the midpoint, it's 135, guys. All right, Gary, I'm counting on you, man. Okay. I'm ramping up all the right. pressure. That's good. We, uh, we've we got difficulty level, you said, all over the map here. So uh, so let's uh, let's do this thing. There's always a chance. All right, that is the end of the first half. Before we go on to the second half, we're going to talk about our sponsor for today's show, Babbel. All right, Carmela. So you're here with me. I am. And I've got to tell you, live, yes, we're we're live right now. I don't care what anybody says. We are live. And something we've never really talked about. But did you know that I'm actually jealous of you? Oh, I am because I'm not really someone to be jealous of, but I would like to know what for. You have all kinds of great (laughs) characteristics. And one of the things that you uh, have shown is a knowledge of the German language. Yes. And I've always been jealous because frankly, I feel like I should have learned a language at some point along the line. I mean, I didn't even learn English. I'm just faking it, right? (laughs) Um, Well, you're, you're doing okay. (laughs) I appreciate that. Uh, But so it, I feel like you get nuances in trivia games, you pick up nuances I don't oh, pick yeah. up. In in life, when you run across something, you have a better understanding of it than I do when it's related to the language you've learned. And I've always thought that that was really special. I really enjoy that about oh, you. Oh, well, I, well, I appreciate that very much. And, and and you're absolutely right. Learning a different language does help you pick up different things that you might not have gotten previously. When did you learn it? Uh, I started learning German in high school. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, I took it in high school. I um, And then off and on for the last 10 years, I've just been 
practicing and learning. I mean, I'm not a, a fluent speaker, mm-hmm. but I can read things and I know what things mean. So, um, but with Babel, I'm kind of actually on my way to being a speaker. <laughs> so I know, I was just about to ask when you signed up for Babel, did you gravitate towards German? Yes, I did. Uh, so the the other language that I wanted to learn was Italian, but I wanted to focus on German because I had been learning it for so long, and I'd actually like to have something to show for it. Right, you right. know what I mean? Uh, Italian would be my my next uh, my next one that I would want to do because of my family that lives there. But mm-hmm. but the cool thing is with Babbel, when I'm done with German, I can pick up an Italian course if I wanted to. I mean, you could pick up darn near anything. They have Spanish. They do. They have Spanish. They have Danish. They have Swedish. I mean, they have 12 different languages that you can learn from, which is that's a, a ton. lot. That's a ton of languages. So basically anything that you'd want to learn, you know, they, are, they do tend to be a little bit European centric, but, you know, that'll that'll get you pretty far. So I, I agree. I think that's fantastic. Now, using Babel, mm-hmm. when you've when you've played around with it almost, because I know there's a quiz aspect to it, there's testing and that kind of stuff. But what is it that you think um, is your favorite part about using it? So what I like, uh, and I've used different language apps over the years. What I like about Babel is that while you're in the midst of the lessons, they actually kind of explain to you why things are done this way. So um, with German, particularly, there's a lot of, of gendered nouns. And so they have different word endings. And they actually explain to you why this ending goes with this word. Mm-hmm. And you don't always get that, uh, especially if you're more in an immersion course. Uh, but I like that it really explains it. And it, it really kind of gets you prepared for being able to speak it confidently. So you feel like you, you're actually going to remember it. Yes. So I, I feel like I'm going to remember it because, you know, you you can learn vocabulary all day long, yeah. but if you don't, if you can't apply it in, in a certain set of rules, if you can't get the grammar around it, then you're not going to remember it. You'll just know that word, but not how to use it. So it's not just giving you the word, it's giving you the framework yes. on how the words work together. Correct. That's super cool. Yeah. Hey, why don't you tell people where they can get Babbel? So you can go to Babbel, uh, Babbel.com, that's B-A-B-B-E-L, and use offer code TWA to get 50% off your first three months. That is fifty percent off of three months. Yes, and I and I I I wouldn't back it if I didn't believe in it. I, I do think it is a great program to use. Fantastic. B A B B E L dot com and use the promo code T W A. All right, let's get on with the second half of today's game. All right, round four, question one. Categories music. <laughs> Pops. Cleotha. Purvis. Mavis and Yvonne make up what musical group known for hits in the 70s like Respect Yourself and I'll Take You There? Well, going into this, I would have loved my chances with a uh, with a 70s group. And I know these songs, but I don't know that I know the artist. I am locked in. All right. Um... I know the songs. Uh, Respect yourself. I keep thinking of uh, the Bruce Willis version, "The Return of Bruno" in the uh, in the mid '80s, which is terrible because that's not the same song. Um, I can you sing the songs? I don't actually think I know respect the songs. yourself. Yes, can you sing the songs? I don't know all the words. That's the only problem. And then, then I'll take you there. It's just like, and I'll take you there. Dun-dun-dun-dun. There's some horns in it and whatnot, and so I think it's uh, higher than that, Chris. 
you're trying to egg me on and it's just <laughs> no no all i can think of is Madonna. say that again i want to take you there in the midnight hour so oh that's okay I'm that's thinking. madonna I so not, yeah sorry i i can't picture the songs and i can't think of who would be in that that band i can't think of a band I mean, it was sla- uh, part disco, part Motown. It was just it had a n- nice, mo- um, like kind of middle vibe to it, and so. And I just, I can't think of who the who the artist is at all, David. I mean, we could. <laughs> I don't think it's Martha and the Vandellas. That's a yes, exactly. Jonathan squeezing his jar of nothing. <laughs> Your jar of nothing. I bought well, it for you. You bought it for me. No, it's a gift. Oh, it's a gift. Yes, but you, you have to keep it here. Nice. You see how that works. He bought something for me, but it has to stay here. Well, it wouldn't exist if you weren't around. Mm. It is the Chris Hollister Memorial Jar of Nothing. <laughs> and inside it is the bag of nothing. <laughs> Actually, I think Lauren farted in there. Oh, that doesn't surprise me. Thanks, Lauren Carey. Don't open it. Okay. <laughs> Whatever you do. I got... Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's that's what I'm worried about too. No. Oh, oh he's opening it. Oh my god. Oh. <laughs> and he shook it out. It's hair. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I don't know. I mean, I don't have any good answer. I mean, honestly, like the only thing I can think of, and I don't know. Well, that's more sixties and seventies. Was this? Was it Sly and the Family Stone? Oh. But I don't think, like, I don't think that's it. But you know what I mean? I'm trying to think of with both women, men and women. Right. And no, but I like that guess. I mean, I'd rather throw that out there than just not have anything. Okay. Let's lock in with Sly and the Family Stone. Okay. All right, Gary. Well, isn't that interesting? Uh, didn't know the answer. I didn't know if you said that all of those people were the only ones that were part of the group. And I strangely came up with Sly and the Family Stone. <laughs> thinking okay maybe you didn't name sly is that hilarious um but uh that's uh maybe maybe we both came up with it because it's right so let's find out that's we win together we fail together i'm here for it (laughs) i like it so uh mavis actually was a recent featured artist on a song that i absolutely love by hosier called uh nina cried power and Mavis's last name is Staples, because this is the Staples Singers. Oh, wow. Okay. The uh, Staples Singers did. Oh, that uh, was easy. I'll take you there. Yeah, there no, horns. no. Yes, That's not what I did at all. <laughs> Your brain is a scary place sometimes, my friend. Oh, nobody knows the Staples Singers. I'm depressed. Uh, okay, well, let's see if you know geography. Or Hosier. Round, uh, Hosier's good. All right. Take me to church. You, you Hosier. Uh, round four, question two, categories geography. 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 <laughs> the group of countries known as Benelux is comprised of what three European countries? What three European countries make up Benelux? Locked in. Wow. I thought I took that when my stomach was hurting the last time. <laughs> yeah. So I know that's been a lax. Follow uh, my category. I like you guys. So I'm fairly, fairly certain it's Belgium, Netherlands, and Luxembourg. Sounds good. Lock it in. Gary? 
Yes, with 100% certainty, the BE in Benelux is Belgium, the NE is Netherlands, and the Lux is Luxembourg. Correct answer is Belgium, Netherlands, and Luxembourg. Nice, David. Great job. Well done. Man, and Gary like had that in like quick. I know. Yeah, we need an all geography, and I might have a chance here. Oh, wow. Oh, he would kick my butt. Like, I just happen to know European geography a little okay. Well, the next category <laughs> is actually fashion. Turn to the left. Fashion, yes. So, round four, category three is fashion. What outfit got its name when Bing Crosby was denied entrance at a hotel because he was dressed completely in denim, which prompted Levi's to respond by providing Crosby a special outfit? Wow. Regardless of the answer, this is interesting. For what it's worth, that special outfit was also completely denim. That, that. it's inherent in the clue with Levi's, yeah. but just to make sure you all yeah. understand. David, I have an idea, but... Me too. Okay. Talk it out. Yes. Everybody got a donkey and... Oh, God, this is awful. Come on, hey. Gary. I think our songs are okay. <laughs> <laughs> Locked in. All right. Uh, David, what did you write down? So, down south, we have something called the Tuxen Tuxedo. Which our Texan tuxedo, which is an all jean suit. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> I just wrote down overalls. Uh, well, like I said, uh, in in a Texan tuxedo, you've got the jean jacket, you've got the jean pants, you're wearing a your boots. So I am down with actually either overalls, but I feel like tuxedos probably hey, because there is something called the Texan tuxedo. Yeah, David, you've been kind of in fuego in this game. So I'm good with going with your thought process because you have some thunder behind it. Me, I just wrote down, I don't know, overalls. Overalls. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) They're over all of his clothes. Yeah. So I would guess based off the description of it, that he was wearing all jean makes me think of the Texan tuxedo. So I would go with tuxedo. All right. That works. And Gary. All right. That that was a strange question because if I listened to it correctly, it sounded like he was denied entrance for wearing denim, but then Levi's made him something alternate that they allowed him in. If I read that right, why would they have let him in with something from Levi's if he was denied earlier for being in all denim? So that they basically made it, uh, they made a fancy version of the outfit. Yeah. Um, so I tried to think of some sort of a thing in that time frame that people might have worn and and I actually thought maybe that is a form of denim, but a different color, so it doesn't look like jeans. Um, and I went leisure suit. Okay. Leisure <laughs> suit nice. Gary. Dumb and dumber oh, leisure suit. Leisure suit Gary. We have a show oh, title. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. <laughs> David, I hate to share this with you, but your Texan tuxedo yeah. is derivative. Oh. It's not the original... The original term for this, because he was denied entrance to a hotel in Canada, hey. it is a Canadian tuxedo. Oh, a Canadian oh. tuxedo is the uh, word for being dressed head to toe in denim. Boo earns. Boo earns, I say. Uh, yes. Oh, Canada. All Sorry, right. partner. Hey, you like good, a cowboy. Man. That was better <laughs> than I could 2,000 miles. All right. At the end of the fourth round, it's 110 to 45. Gary, you didn't lose any ground. 
something. Yeah. That's worth right. something. It is worth something. It's I, I'm closer to the 50% mark of his score, which is gaining ground. So. 100% agree. All right. Uh, round five, question one. Your category is comics. Woohoo. What kind of animal is Pogo and the influential American comic strip by Walt Kelly that ran from 1948 to 1975? I'm locked in. Wow. That was quick. Thank you. That's um, what she said. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately. Leisure okay. suit Gary. Leisure okay. suit Gary. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> get it, get it. Get, get, get. Anyway, get all right. <laughs> David, uh, I thought Pogo I thought Pogo was a horse. That works for me. I have no idea who Pogo is. Okay. We're locking in with horse. All right, Gary. All right. Or shall I Pogo. call you Mr. Soup? Yes. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Mr. Soup. Pogo. Pogo was a stick of a figure. No. Uh, I believe Pogo was a character that lived in a swamp and was an alligator, so I locked in with alligator. Uh-oh. Okay. Pogo lived in a swamp. Pogo was a possum. Oh, really? No. Pogo the possum. Oh, no. no. Yes. No. Pogo was a possum. I, I thought it was the horse that had like a star on its oh, side. Oh, so. you wow. killed me, the, man. The, you had the oh, swamp the, and everything. Yeah, there must have been an alligator character in that, and I assumed that was the Pogo guy. Oh, no. The so. alliteration was strong with this one. Bummer. Oh, really? I'm so rooting for you. You have no idea. Sorry, David. <laughs> no, please. I didn't know the answer. Oh, boy, I really thought that was it. So now, Nolan Warner is like, oh, my God, how does nobody know Pogo? <laughs> <laughs> hmm. All right, round five, question two. Category is literature. Literature? Literature. In 1950, what woman became the first African-American to win the Pulitzer Prize for her book of poems titled Annie Allen? She would go on to become the Poet Laureate of the United States in 1985. All right, I will lock in. All right, David and Chris. What you got, partner? Uh, I really don't have much, to be honest with you. I mean, the first one I thought of was Maya Angelou, but I think that's before time. I think it's way before time, as a matter of fact. Yeah, I think it's Gwendolyn Brooks. Oh, okay. Why do you say that? Uh, just looking up first people to do things. Oh, cool. So. Okay. That's that works. <laughs> You're not supposed to look stuff up while we're playing, David. <laughs> <laughs> it helps though. It helps. He does some that us, for Some of us are practicing for geek ball, thank you. Oh wow. <laughs> Jeez. Jeez. Yeah, don't you egg on your face, mister. Jeez. David, I love the answer then. Go ahead and lock that in. Okay. Gwendolyn Brooks. All right. Oh, Brooks. Brooks. Sorry, uh, Brooks. Too late. You already locked in with Sh- Gwendolyn Brooks. Whatever. Shut sure. uh, shut your cake uh, hole. Th- th- he locked in. He locked in he with Brooks. He locked in. He locked in with Brooks. With Gwendolyn Brooks. Brooks. I heard him say Gwendolyn. He then corrected himself, and he ha- and he was already locked in. So don't, nice argue, don't argue with the host. It, it's, All right, just Gary. in case it's Mel Brooks. Well, uh, <laughs> Gary, you're up. I think she lived in a swamp and was an alligator. No, uh, yeah, why, why exactly do we have multiple literature but not multiple sports or geography? Um, Maya Angelou is the only name that came to mind, so I, I liked it with Maya Angelou. Correct answer, Gwendolyn Brooks. Nice job, David. I'm, yeah. I'm, nice. I'm so impressed. I didn't think anybody was getting this. This was, this was my hard question of the game. 
Well, I wrote I wrote a question about someone, who, the guy um, Sinclair Lewis, who had who had turned down the Pulitzer Prize for the very first time, mm-hmm. and I almost wrote the question about Gwendolyn. Oh wow! Yeah, if you said it. I knew you were right. It's one one of those things I can confirm, but can't dig it out of back of my cobweb-filled head here. All right. Well, round five, question three. Your category is words, 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 words. word up. Everybody sang. I don't know the rest of words. Oh, sorry. All right. Uh, Hashtag not sorry. Telemundo's Andres Contour has gained recognition for his excited and lengthy use of what word? I can lock that junk in. Sure, it's better than what I'm thinking. It might be the same thing I'm thinking, but sure, let's do that. Okay. All right, Gary. Well, well. I think, uh, being this is Spanish and he's known for one word, I don't know the guy's name, but there's a guy who announces soccer who can drag on the word goal for like an hour and a half, I think. So I am going with goal! And Chris. Goal! All of my audio equipment is broken now. <laughs> that was so much fun to do. Can I do it again? It reminded me of our, our emergency test system that goes <laughs> off every week. It's just kind of... The correct answer is slam. Whatever. Sl- <laughs> All right, I'm, I'm messing with you. It is, it is in fact, goal. Woohoo! All right. Yes. Score. What were you saying about multiple sports questions there, Gary? Yeah, What was that? David, was that what you were thinking also? I, disguised. I, was, I love it. It was literally the only thing I can think of from Telemundo is yeah. that. Yeah. So I knew Andre Cantor, so I was like, okay, we're good here. All right. David's yeah. having like a dance party. I love this. Uh, yes. Okay. Uh, 130 to 55 is the current score. 130 to 55. And round six, question one. Your category is controversy. 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 What Harvard graduate and current professor at Yale Law stirred up controversy with her book, The Battle Hymn of the Tiger Mother, where she describes trying to give her children a strict Chinese upbringing? I can lock this in. Go for it. I've heard it. I just can't think of the name, so please do so. You want to hear it one more time, Gary? No, because I'm going to have no idea on this. I have never heard this um, other than the last part sounding Asian, however you worded that. I've I've heard a name, Amy Tan. I don't know who she is, but Amy Tan is going to be my answer, sadly. All right. David. So I took a, a a minorities class in college, and we talked about like the the constant tiger mother, and basically like also about like uh, words you use to kind of stereotype how some of them can be, but they seem positive or actually negative. It's kind of weird. And so she, as I as I recall, popularized the term tiger mother from this book, and it's uh, Chua C H U A Chua. Correct answer is Amy Chua. Oh, Amy Chua crushed his Gary spirits. He was That's like, oh, darn I'm, good. He was like, I've got a chance. Yeah, Jonathan, no. Jonathan was Lucy with the it? football, and poor Gary was Charlie Brown. Yeah. I, I wasn't buying it was it, but it was exciting to at least uh, be one step closer. Like when they announced the raffle winner, and you've got the first six numbers. And 
All right, here we go. Round six, question two. Your category is history. History. The month-long battle of Dien Bien Phu occurred between the communist Viet Minh and the forces of what foreign power in 1954? Unless you, what, do you want to talk about it? We can talk about it as well. No, no, no. I mean, if Gary wants to talk about it, you can go ahead and lock it in, but I'm pretty sure you and I are on the same page. All right, we're locked in, Gary, so go for it. Talk it out. All right. Um, I don't know this for any kind of certainty whatsoever, but I can take kind of an educated guess. I, I know that France occupied Vietnam and had a lot of influence there. So I'd say there's a fairly good chance that we're talking about France. So let's go, France. All right. David and Chris. Din bin foo falls rucker around the clock. Uh, so I think it's France. I, I locked him with France. Yep. I, I wrote down France too, but David has our answer. At the time, I believe the region was called French Indochina mm-hmm. because the answer is France. Nice job, gentlemen. Ooh. Good job, teams. Woohoo! Great job, Gary. All right. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and your last category is geography. Geography. <laughs> You might be excited. Hooray. <laughs> I'm just waiting for like the uh, the one that I should know that I want, but uh, we'll see. No, I said I, I got a chance. Let's was, see what we get. I was going to say, Gary, this is not NPR. You could be excited. It's okay. That is my excited. <laughs> <laughs> You're excited. <laughs> Feel <And> these <laughs> nipples. <laughs> not what I was saying. What? Ah! <laughs> Sorry, Chris. <laughs> Chris, uh, I'm I no no yep. no. You're not going to talk about it. Are I you? feel violated. All I showed you was my boobies. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, geography. What two seas are connected by the Suez Canal, found directly west of the Sinai Peninsula? I am locked in. All, All right. right, Gary's in. David. Yes. I quickly, even though I'm not 100% sure on it, wrote down Cambodia and China. Countries, not seas? Well, I thought like, he said they were seas. I think he means like like, like bodies of water, no? Oh, the canal well, here, hold on. Bodies of can- water. <laughs> wow, this might be one of my epic goofs. Jonathan, can you reread the question, please? <laughs> wow. I'd be happy to. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> sorry oh my gosh why why does it happen to me why, why? you gave so much enjoyment to jonathan with that <laughs> why all right nancy here we go shut up why uh, Rambo Sikkim. What two seas are connected by the Suez Canal, found directly west of the Sinai Peninsula? I hate myself sometimes. This this show is not good on the uh, ego from time to time, and this is one of them. I so you've it. locked in with China and <laughs> no, Cambodia. we have not no, locked have in not. one bit. David, fairly certain it's the Red Sea and the Mediterranean. Sea. Sounds good. Now that I'm completely humble, those don't start with C. What? The Caucasus of Caspian? No. <laughs> so I, I, I'm fairly certain it's red and Mediterranean, but. I'm fine with that answer. We're locked red sea in. And Mediterranean. All right, Gary, what did you say? 
I said that the Suez Canal created a shortcut so they could get from the Mediterranean to the Red Sea. So I completely agree, Mediterranean and Red. Correct answer is the Mediterranean and the Red Sea. And I was really hoping David and Chris would miss that. I was <laughs> yes, really that was a key. hoping because the score going into the final is 160 for Chris and David to 75 for Gary. Oh, oh, oh that Togo. You, you doggone people were better than I thought you were going to be in this game. But David, we're going and, David and I make a pretty good team. What can we say? Apparently so. Or, and also, David's just a one-man wrecking crew. He was dominant. He came in today. like a wrecking ball. I'm not, I'm not, came you're not like even wrong. <laughs> All right. Uh, your gauntlet category is happy birthday, Jonathan. There you go. Jonathan's birthday Yay. was on November 5th. Let's give it up for him. Woohoo! Uh, so, Jonathan, would you like to tell them the message that I sent out to you and the other uh, Trivial Warfare uh, Brain Trust? Telling people whose birthdays uh, also were with yours. Oh, the, uh, the one about um, I was trying to Tulsa s- Swindon. Yes, I was trying to say Tilda Swinton. Tilda Swinton. Yes, also had the same birthday as Jonathan, and spell correct made it Tulsa so, Swindon. Tulsa Swindon. Swindon. Yes, Swindon. Yes. Yeah, and I am now going to have to replace that question. Thank you very much. Really? The category is Happy Birthday, Jonathan. I love but you, we some Tilda. So, a- but we talked about it. Scratch off that question right now. Okay, I'm ready. Right. Okay, just to let everybody know, <laughs> on his scorecard, which is partly blank, he just drew a lot of squiggly lines <laughs> to try to make me feel bad. Jonathan, it's not going to work. You already did that with the last question. Thank you very much. Look, I can't exactly write on my on my phone, okay? You choose not to. If you're going to commit to comedy, do it right. <laughs> All right, so. To be fair, I think it worked for a few seconds. I, I'm, I'm with you. I thought I achieved what I wanted to. Mm. Even you seeing it. <laughs> you guys need to lock in your wagers. So it's going to be interesting to see if David and Chris are risky or not. But uh, Gary, you'll need to write down and circle a wager first. Okay. And my range is... Uh, Zero to 75. Zero to 75. I was hoping you didn't say zero so I could go negative and miss it. Mm, yes. <laughs> yeah. A darn. popular choice. I've tried that a couple times and failed. It's, yeah, it I was results proud in of an you. auto that's, loss. That's my old uh, old trick as well. I was very proud when I heard you try that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm locked in. All, All right. right. David and Chris. We're, uh, our bet is locked in. All right. We're going to have some fun, boys. Category of happy birthday, Jonathan. Question number one. So I turned 42 on Monday. Of course, that brings the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy to mind. Tell me, what two words are inscribed in large, friendly letters on its cover? You said two words, right? Not two letters. Two words. David, I'm pretty sure about this, by the way. Sweet. I'm just thinking really hard. I'm like, huh. You've done the heavy lifting for most of the second half, so I think I can help you out with this one. Sweet. Okay. I've, uh... I've locked an answer for this. All right. Chris and David. All right. Uh, David, I think it's don't panic. Oh, that makes perfect sense. Yep. So yeah, you good like with that. that? So long. And thanks for all the fish. <laughs> all right. We're locked in, Jonathan. All right. Question two. In your Jonathan, happy birthday, Jonathan Gauntlet. Happy birthday to Jonathan. I was born in November of 1976. 
This was also a good month for what eventual Hall of Fame running back from the University of Pittsburgh who won the Heisman Trophy on November 30th. David, I'm pretty sure about this one as well. Oh, thank God. (laughs) It'd be crazy if David carried you all the way to the end and then you sweep the gauntlet. (laughs) (laughs) To be fair, I read Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy on my Kindle, so I've actually never seen the cover. The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy is not actually the same as the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy they refer to in the book. In the book, right. So it's it's not a description of what's on the book that you buy. It's a description that is given to you about the book in the book. Oh. It's very meta. Interesting. Yep. Oh, I know this, and it's not coming to me. Oh, dude. Um, all right, I'm, I'm locked in. All right. All right, David, I think the answer is Tony Dorsett. Who's that? He uh, running back for the Dallas Cowboys for probably about 10 or 12 years, and then he played his last couple years for the uh, Denver Broncos. So are you good with that? Yeah, sure. All right, we're locked in, Jonathan. All right, and the third question. Each year around my birthday, my Hindu friends celebrate their festival of lights. This holiday which symbolizes the victory of light over darkness, good over evil, and knowledge over ignorance, is known as what? I will lock in. All right. All right, David, uh, it just happened, I believe, yesterday, as a matter of fact. Uh, It starts with a D, but I'm having trouble with the name. Diwali. Diwali. So I, super racist of me, my friend is from Morocco, or my coworker is from Morocco, and I almost wished him a happy Diwali, and he's not. Do. Oh, <laughs> I think that's just mistaken. I don't think that's racist. I think that's just being an error. And that's, I mean, he's from Morocco, not from anywhere near India. Like, I don't think there's Hindus in Morocco, right? Uh, I'm sure there's one. Yeah, I was about to say, I'm yeah. sure there's one. Yeah, pretty sure. Okay, but. I feel so much better. I was, I felt so bad about it. I mean, okay, anyways, honestly, sorry. there's probably a Jedi in Morocco too. You could just say, made a force me. <laughs> If you said May the Force be with you on uh, May the 4th, I'm sure somebody would yeah. say that's cool. Well, it's a religion in Australia, for goodness sakes. Absolutely. So, All okay. right. So uh, go ahead and lock that in. Uh, locking you with Diwali. Well, mm. just say we're locked in. Oh, we're locked in. Sorry. All right. We're locked in. I'm going to go back through the questions. The first question, I turned 42 on Monday, brings a Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy to mind. What words are written on its cover? Gary, what did you say? Don't know the book, but you said it was a friendly phrase, so welcome home sounded pretty friendly. Welcome home was my answer. All right, Chris and David, what did you say? Uh, I believe the words are don't panic. All right, question two. I asked you what eventual Hall of Famer and uh, running back from the University of Pittsburgh won the Heisman Trophy on November 30th of 1976. Gary, what did you say? I went with Tony Dorsett. And Chris, what did you say? I went with my favorite running back. Uh, uh, as a child. Emmett Smith? No, as a child. Emmett Smith. As a child. You were a child when Emmett Smith played. No, I was actually in college, crazy enough. I'm old. Oh, damn. Anyway, Tony Dorsett is what I locked in as. All right. And what, you're... I'm sorry, what we locked in as. Sorry, David. No, what he, no, no, what he locked in as. <laughs> <laughs> Sport ball. And last question. Each year around my birthday, my Hindu friends celebrate their festival of lights. This holiday celeb- symbolizes a whole lot of stuff. Uh, <laughs> wow! Decided just to write that in, <laughs> Chris. And no, I'm winging it. Uh, Chris and David, what did you say? David, he locked in with Diwali. 
And Gary, what did you say? And I know that just the other day they celebrated Diwali, which reminds me of Wally the Gator, which is a cartoon alligator. So that just keeps coming back Ooh. on me. So, <laughs> so Diwali. Wally Gator was the greatest alligator in the swamp. I thought you were going to say Wally. I thought that's where you were going with that. All right. Your correct answer is the first the uh, actually, you know what? We'll go to the last first. The last one is, in fact, Diwali. It is also called Deep uh, Deepavali and Deepavali, spelled differently, but primarily known as Diwali. The answer to question number two: Tony Dorsett is the running back from the University of Pittsburgh. I was looking for. And last but not least, the answer to question number one: The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy in the book of the same title has the words, don't panic, yes, written on it in large, friendly letters. Chris and David got them all right. Gary, you did miss one. Gary, what did you wager? Yep. I t- went for the whole thing, 75, leaving points on the table. Don't help me. All right. Gary finishes with zero. Chris and David, what did you wager? Well, I asked David, how much do you want to bet? And David said, all of the bones. All of the bones. So they finished with the 160 points they started with, but they do have a lot of bones now. Uh, now, okay, so yeah, they bet it all, guys. Yes. They bet it all. <laughs> they risked it all, and they got all three right. The final score is 320 to zero. Woo-hoo! Nice job, David. Thank you. Great job, partner. You oh, man. You, you carried guys. me through that gauntlet for sure. Well, you really me, did. You, you carried me through the second half, so it's all right. I really thought y'all were going to miss one until you started like, I, you wrote down Tony Dorsett immediately. I had no idea yep. he was your favorite running back. He was. I yeah. thought Emmitt Smith was your favorite running back. Well, when I when I was older, yes, absolutely. But remember, he started at Florida in 1986. By Tony that Dorsett point, didn't. No. He was at uh, University of Pittsburgh me. in 1976. Excuse me. Emmitt Smith started in 1986 at the University of Florida. Oh. He, didn't gra- he, gra- or he didn't graduate, but he left in 89 and became a cowboy then i want to be a cowboy baby. baby all right do you guys have time to stick around while we read a couple of reviews sure Damn. absolutely sweet all right i'm scrolling 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 keep scrolling 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 here we go uh this review is brought to us by metalupus Metalupus said, found this podcast about a month ago and have gone through about half the back catalog so far. I love that the trivia can swing from the I have no idea to yelling at my phone, how do you not know this? Moment to moment. The hosts are all fantastic and welcoming to listeners. There is also a great Facebook group with trivia-minded folks and lots of information if you are looking for games or people that might be local to you. Hashtag Team Carmella. Thank you very much. Thank you. And our other review today is by Devin421147. Everybody played a lottery with those numbers. Here we go. As a listener for over a year, I have never left a review simply because I just never do reviews. You know, that's a fair reason. Yep. I I like it. I'm down with that. Uh, I also randomly joined the Facebook group and got a welcome from him personally. So I imagine that that is enough to finally get me to write a review. I love the bantering back and forth between the host and players as it makes it feel much like pub trivia and adds comedy to the questions I know I won't randomly back into. 
like Jonathan seems to do on every episode. Hashtag true story. I will never stop listening so long as you guys never stop making them. Thanks for all of the hard work you put into the podcast. P.S. Get the dang piston questions in for Ben. <laughs> that review is by Devin M. Thank, Thank you, you, Devin. Thanks, Devin. <laughs> Next up, it's time to do our promotions in the Trivial Warfare Army. First up, we have a new lieutenant, Gustavo Sue Roca. Thank you, Gustavo. Bill Krutel has joined us as a new private. Thank you, Bill. Carson Shear is a new lieutenant. Thank you, Carson. Edgar Fernandez has joined us as a new major. Welcome, Edgar. John Rutenbach, James Quayle, Laura Scafati, and Ted Johnson are all new lieutenants in the Trivial Warfare Army. Welcome. Thank you guys so much. Stacy Melquist has promoted herself from captain to major. Thank you, Stacy. Reed Raskin and Maria Christie are new lieutenants. Thank you all. Viley Stern and Nicole Chernick are new lieutenants. Welcome. Maria Christie has joined us as a new lieutenant as well. Thank you, Maria. Kate Goodwin is a new captain, and Brian McClure is a new major. Thank you all. Christina Mancusi has joined us as a new lieutenant, as has Maria Cooper Ramos, Christopher Day, Brandon McElhoney, and Michael O'Connor. A bunch of new lieutenants there. Thank you all. Tobes McGobes is a new captain. Thank you, Tobes. Sharon Bachman is a new lieutenant. So is Thomas Ryan Corgan and Jennifer Lex Hallenbeck. Fantastic. Thank you all. Uh, e. Navius Rayside is a new captain. Thank you, my friend. You, uh, you sent an awesome note with that as well, and uh, I thought it was fantastic. Thank you so much for sticking with us for so long. Uh, I think it's wonderful. Uh, Bodo Winter is a new lieutenant colonel in the Trivial Warfare Army. Thank you so much, Bodo. Derek is also a new lieutenant colonel in the TWA. Thank you, Derek. Al Carrier is a new lieutenant. Thank you, Al. J.K. Anderson is a new captain. Thank you, J.K. Uh, Jody Eubank, Billy Hoffman, Rachel Gum, and Sarah Swereth are all new lieutenants in the Trivial Warfare Army. Thank you all. Shane Klingenpeel is a new lieutenant colonel. That's awesome. Thank you, Shane. Alicia Kyo is a new private. Thank you. Carrie Miller is a new captain. That's awesome. Thanks, Carrie. Jocko Nod is a new lieutenant. Thank you, Jocko. Tim Zhang is a new lieutenant. Thanks, Tim. Drew Kennedy is a new captain. Thanks, Drew. Joss Bowmaster is a new sergeant. Thank you, Joss. AJ Grill, Andrew Mitchell, and Natasha Golder are all fresh new lieutenants. Thank you all. Ricky Brethrick is a new lieutenant colonel. That's awesome. Thanks, Ricky. Elizabeth Cherritt is a new lieutenant. Thank you, Elizabeth. Two big ones back-to-back yesterday came in. John Hart and Jefferson Clyde Joseph are both new colonels in the Trivial Warfare Army. I tell you, man, that that uh, that made my day yesterday right there. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. Thank you both so much. Uh, and last but not least, Ryan DeLapp is a new lieutenant in the Trivial Warfare Army. Uh, fantastic. Thank you all so much. You are the lifeblood of this show in every sense of the word. Thank you all. Uh, if you want to be like these great people and sign up to support the show financially and get access to every episode in the archive and make sure you're never missing another show, 
head over to trivialwarfarearmy.com and sign up at the rank that you think fits you best. Thanks, everybody. That is the end of the game. So before we go, I like to give everybody a chance to do a shout out or to promote a cause. Mr. Livesey, we will start with you. Mr. Livesey, ugh, your last name. Livesey. Livesey. You've been mispronouncing it the whole episode, brother. It's Leviosa. And he promises to be my friend. <laughs> <laughs> all right, David. In general, I'm just all about doing acting, acting, uh, random acts of kindness. So just go out there, either volunteer or do something nice for somebody, and let's just keep it going. All right, and Gary. And, uh, you know, I, I kind of just want to promote to uh, preaching to the choir, I guess, but uh, promote the trivia community and say, everybody go out to your local pub trivias, help those guys succeed, help that whole thing to grow and flourish and do well. And more importantly, if you're not a part of the Trivia Warfare Facebook group, it's it's awesome. So jump on there, enjoy some of the uh, the fun and the games and all the stuff that goes on. Uh, it, it adds such an extra dimension to the whole experience. And the puzzles that Get Gary frustrated does. by the puzzles. <laughs> Gary is the legit puzzles. puzzle master. Yes, he is. I was going to say, yeah, Dan Lundberg, to uh, shout out to him, I don't know how long ago this was, nine months ago or so, posted a picture puzzle. And I had never seen anything like that in my life, and I was captivated. And I've been trying to make creative, clever, tricky puzzles for people to solve on the site ever since. And I, I'm never uh, just—I mean, I'm always, I guess, shocked at how impressive people are at figuring these things out. Uh, it's a pretty vast uh, array of incredible minds, uh, but it's fun to try and stump people make people work and just give them a good time. So, uh, so yeah, I love doing that. That's fun. I think you do a fantastic job with it. And uh, for the record, if you're on Facebook and you look up Trivial Warfare, that'll actually take you to the page. That's not where you want to be. You want to be in the Facebook group, which is called Trivial Warfare Army. So if you're searching on Facebook, do the Trivial Warfare Army to find the group. All right. Well, that is going to wrap us up. But Mr. Chris Hollister has a shout out that he wants to do. So, Chris. Yeah. Many of you all, especially the ones that have heard all the episodes from way back. So I guess it was episode 18. Oh, hey, you know, at TrivialWarfareArmy.com, you can sign up and be a lieutenant and go back to listen to episode 18 yourself if you want to. There you go. But on episode 18, I was actually not on the episode, but uh, a couple very special people were. It was Carmelo's first episode on the show. My buddy Kel was on. It was not. No, that was the 17. episode before. That was 17. Excuse me. Anyway, but it was Carmelo's second episode on the show. And uh, my buddy Kel was on, but more importantly, my uncle uh, Chip was on there. Uncle Chip! And um, a couple weeks ago, um, Uncle Chip uh, got diagnosed uh, with his fourth round of lung cancer. Um, and it's actually, it's in a couple spots. It's in his liver and as well as his lungs. And uh, he's going through immunotherapy right now. And he's fighting like crazy, like he's done the previous three times. And he's beaten that stupid cancer back three times. And I'm sure he's going to beat it back and forth. But my shout out is to my amazing uncle who has been a father figure to me. He's been a best friend for a very long time and he is the keeper of all things board games to me. And I just, I love him to death. I know that Jonathan, you care about him as well. Yep. 
And uh, basically, to know him is to know his life story because he will talk your head off. And, and I mean that in the best possible <laughs> He loves possible the Baltimore way. Orioles. He does love the Baltimore Orioles. That's right. Anyway, but um, just Uncle Chip, we're thinking about you. We love you. And actually, I'll see you on Saturday. Hashtag kick that cancer's ass. Amen to that. All right. Amen to that. Thank Shout you. out to Uncle, Uncle Chip. Chip. Yep. That's right. All right. And that is going to wrap us up. So, uh, Chris, where can people follow you on Twitter? Uh, you can find me at uh, TWA Warm Up Chris on Twitter. And, and uh, if they want to email you Warm It Up Chris questions, which you're running out of, apparently. I am. I have about four or five left, and then I am uh, sparse. And I will tell you this, and Jonathan has said it on the show before, the funnier the better. We like the funny because we do a lot of serious questions in, right after that. So if you can send me funny ones, I promise you, you got a good chance of being on the show. And that is uh, Warm It Up Chris at Yahoo. Yahoo.com. Again, that's warm it up, Chris at Yahoo.com. Yes, I'm the weird one. I have a Yahoo account. And uh, I am a Yahoo. It's not, it's not just, don't just send them a list. No. We got lots of lists. Yep. If you put a little effort in there and you send them something that has either or choices, or things that have been made up, that kind of stuff, that's always going to be the best. Yes. All right. And you can follow the show at Trivial Warfare on pretty much any of your social media platforms Instagram, Twitter, we're at Trivial Warfare everywhere. Yeah. So if you want to follow us, that is where to do it. And that is the end of today's game. So for Chris, for David, for Gary, I am Jonathan. And this has been another episode of Trivial Warfare, where it's not just trivia, it is war. Bye, guys. Take care, everybody. Thank you for listening to Trivial Warfare. To learn more about the show and become a warhead yourself, visit TrivialWarfare.com. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes or in any other good podcast app. And find us on Facebook or Twitter by searching Trivial Warfare. Warm It Up was written and performed by Matthew Stevens. This episode was edited and produced by me, Joel Sharpton. If you need help with your podcast, find it at ProPodcastingServices.com. Players. Oh, yeah. I want you to use your voice. Y'all know know what time it is. Players. (laughs) Players. Going to be some Australian doubles, huh? (laughs) Oh, this you should you should record yourself doing that entire band bit and play it one time just as a hoax. Oh, no, we will someday. (laughs) Trust me. That'd be awesome. It's going to be a sneak attack. Ow. And grab my mustache. What? I grabbed my mustache. There's nobody there. I must ask you a question. There's nobody I'll there. I'll shave it for later. Oh. <laughs> <laughs>